0: Hello, you're listening to The Sunday Show Tunes Podcast. I'm Paul.
1: And I'm Maureen. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be chatting with award-winning composer Scott Allen and Broadway legend Joanna Gleason.
0: The Distance You Have Come follows the lives of six individuals who juggle the constant challenges of life, depression, heartache, and love. Having had a successful run in October 2018, the show is making its West End debut. Writer Scott Allen, and friend of the show, is with us now. Hi, Scott. How are you?
2: I'm great. I'm so happy to see your beautiful faces. Oh, we are we so we miss happy. you. I miss you guys. People they can't see this, right? This is just uh, No, they, for, they cannot. It's just for
0: the radio. You see
2: that Maureen's hair is sublime.
0: <laughs> they cannot
2: see the beauty. And Paul's hair it's sublime.
0: is sublime.
2: Very sublime. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks,
0: Scott. So Okay, so two years ago, over two years ago, we we came to see The Distance You Have Come in in London, uh, in in the Cockpit Theatre. And now it's going to be transferring to London for two performances, the Apollo Theatre. Tell us about it.
2: Uh, Well, we're very excited. I started getting um, uh, text messages from the producers, Sarah and Crystal, um, a few months back. Uh, asking if there would be any interest to bring the distance you have come to a West End theater for a concert version. Um, You know, with everything that's happening in the world right now, we need theater more than ever. Uh, The the audience needs something to embrace and root for and love and hold on to. And they need to see other people that are feeling the same way that they feel and being uh, Uh, exposed through music because we love music and music Mm -hmm. is our heart and our passion and our home. And so, you know, Sarah came up with this great idea to sort of bring it, you know, to to a a one night only uh, celebration um, at the Apollo Theater. And, you know, unfortunately, it has been delayed twice now uh, because every single time it's about to happen, there's new restraints. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, finally, we got some vaccines rolling out and, um, you know, the the excitement is to have the full cast minus one unfortunately Jody Jacobs will not be joining us because she got cast in show. Joe,
3: Joe. oh, oh. No,
2: Joe but I'll tell you who's gonna be replacing her in a moment um, but uh, bringing it to the the theater for a one night only now two nights only event and um, you know a great way to celebrate what this year has been like. Um, the, the distance you have comes, you know, uh, sort of chronicles, uh, a full year, four seasons. And, um, it goes from the, the utmost, uh, painful, uh, desperation of characters to the redemption and the, the distance and the journey that one has to travel. So it's sort of a perfect chronicle for what has been happening, uh, mm-hmm. to sort of, uh, come out and celebrate, um you know, the, the the hope for an ending um, to what we've all had to endure and um, to honor those that we've lost as well um, through music and art. And um, I'm really excited. And we have the incredible Kurt James, who's gonna be directing the night. Fantastic. And um, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better cast better director. And then the rest of the production team is all the same. We got Scott Hayes musically directing again with all of his incredible arrangements I've written. Five new songs for the production. So wow! Face- oh wow! Yeah, it's going to be great. So unheard songs will be uh, a part of the night. And um, as I said, you know, because Jody Jacobs unfortunately hasn't been able to join us uh, this this time around, uh, we have the incredible diva Alice Fern joining <gasps> us. Uh, oh, uh, we adore herself. Yeah,
1: we adore her. We uh, do. She is-
2: the best amazing and the last time you guys had a chance to see her was uh come from away in it was the 10. yeah uh, she took over for rachel tucker yeah yep. so um we're so excited to have her joining us and uh she knows everyone in the cast the cast loves her everyone's so excited um so it's a really really wonderful thing so we can't we can't uh ask for a better cast we really can't so we're we're, we're
0: thrilled so you've reworked the show a little bit then
2: We, well, I've worked on parts of the show. Yeah, the, you know, it's, it's interesting when you've had a moment to uh, examine the show and step away from it, you get an Mm -hmm. opportunity to see what was missing. And, you know, the, the show is a song cycle, but most song cycles don't really have a storyline. I'm so sorry. My mother decided to call us in this moment. Um, (laughs) Not uh, now mother. (laughs) um, And you know, it has a, a full on storyline of these six strangers that, you know, come together. And um, I, I was able to look at it and see what was missing, missing elements and things that really weren't working. And, um, you know, I think it's it's going to strengthen the piece. Um, I've written some really funny stuff. Uh, some
0: What comedy- funny songs from Scott Allen?
2: A funny song, I have a song about having hell? sex with Santa Claus. I mean, it, <laughs> you can't do it
0: Married life and fatherhood is treating you well.
2: Uh, completely. So, yes. <laughs> the fact that I'm writing songs and dreaming about having sex with Santa Claus is telling you a lot about what happens when you have a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> because you don't have sex in your marriage anymore anyway so uh there's a great (laughs) song called come down my chimney and um it's it is and um you know it's 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 exactly
0: yeah
2: happy sunday uh,
0: afternoon folks that's all i'm saying
2: (laughs) It is. it's, it's what you want it to be and it's very funny and you know it's 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 going to be a good moment. And then there's a lot of songs, you know, two of the characters in the show, um, you know, they, they, we, they, we watch them from meeting to marriage to uh, adoption, um, and, uh, which is the story of my relationship with my husband. And so uh, I've replaced two of the songs in the show with um, one song that was called Arrive, um, that was sung by the Andy Coxon character. Uh-huh. And um, I've changed that over to a new song that I wrote the day before. Um, I picked up Alex, my daughter, um, that's called "We're Gonna Be Dads," and oh. so uh, in the show now. Um, and then there's a song that is on Louise Dearman's album that I wrote called "Alex's Lullaby." It's called "Sleepyhead" on her album. That uh, it also replaces another, and that's a medley with my song "Always." Um, so it's going to be a really lovely moment. And then there's two other new songs and i'm just oh, going, i can't oh,
1: wait
0: experience. can't wait
2: yeah so it, it brings things back and then you know there's songs at the top of the show that there's uh, a song that uh called magic that was in there and i replaced that with another song and you know sometimes you just look over the, the course of it, and you think mm-hmm. this isn't working this isn't working this character shouldn't be singing this one let's change things around mm-hmm. a little bit and of course uh, when it
0: was in london the first time you directed it you can't come because of the travel restrictions so when you were when you directed it, did it give you, a, it must've given you a unique insight into the piece as well. It wasn't like you wrote it and gave it to someone else to direct. You you directed yourself and that must've given you some insight into where you wanted to mold it.
2: Oh, Maureen, let's talk about the 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 truth of the matter. I can't direct anything. I'm a horrible director. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. <laughs> Like that show had the greatest opportunity to be really great. And I just was like, okay, walk on, walk off, sing your song, call it a day. And so I'm very excited to have someone else (laughs) have their eyes on it. Um, because I'm sure even though they will be, you know, at music stands, cause it's going to still have to be socially distanced. Um, you know, they'll, they'll at least have some direction, literally like the, the opening song. I was like, I don't know. What do you guys think we should do? Scott,
0: we love your honesty. We just love that. That's one of the things we love horrible, most about horrible you.
2: Horrible director. I will still, if, if, if someone in Brazil was like, come to us, and the only way that you can come is if you direct it. I will say I was so good at directing the show in the. the and you know line. what? We we will
0: write you a reference and say you were too.
2: I would really appreciate that because you were drunk. <laughs> you probably remember it so differently, but like it was really important. It was mm. it was important for me to be there. No, I think that was one of the reasons that they they flew me out in the first place is because I said, well, I yeah. got to direct it, and so they're like, okay, then you could be here during, <laughs> and so that's. You know how i i think i manage my way in there but i'm a horrible director it's just not my strength
0: well and, let's let's finish on a positive okay the, the fact that the that piece is, is wonderful i know my
2: strengths <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's a new director for anyone that's there been listening is. great um, the piece is wonderful it's, it is deeply personal piece and so it's at the apollo theater in london 21st 28th of june correct um we
2: should just say the cast that's gonna be in uh, it. yeah
0: absolutely let's give them a quick name check
2: yeah, so we have uh, Adrian Hansel, we have Andy Coxon, we have Alexia Kadim, we have now Alice Fern, um, we have uh, Emma Hudson, and we have um, uh, Emma Haddon. I said Hudson. Oh, that's horrible. I'm just a horrible person. And then we have um, uh, Dean uh, John Wilson as well. So oh, yeah. that is uh, the the full cast list, and you can't get better. It's a than great that. cast. No, uh, it's they are a just fan. they, they fantastic. Love each other.
0: Scott, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Well, I love you guys. Stay safe.
4: Everything I know is where I'm standing now In this life there's never been a guarantee Which seems to be the only guarantee I've found But keep your eyes upon the road Keep driving It won't be long until you see A sign that says that you're arriving And when you reach that day you've conquered what's behind you don't forget the fight it took to get you here and when you reach the top of the mountain you've been climbing don't forget the distance you have No one tells you if you're winning But just remind yourself how far That you've already come
0: Natalie Weiss singing The Distance You Have Come. And before that, we were chatting with Scott Allen, who wrote the music and lyrics there about his song cycle, which is coming to London.
1: It is coming to London. And for more information and tickets, head over to nymaxtheatres.com.
0: Joanna Gleason has had a glittering career on stage and screen. She won a Tony Award for creating the iconic role of The Baker's Wife in the original Broadway production of Into the Woods. And we are so thrilled and honored that she is with us. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Hello,
3: everyone. Oh, very, very well. Thanks. How are you doing?
0: We're just fine. (laughs) Our listeners can't enjoy the fact that we're both sat here looking at the baker's wife. (laughs) As a Sondheim nut is just a little bit surreal, actually. So, um, yeah. So, thank you. How did you become an actress? Was that something you always wanted to do?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think you can name it when you're young. You just know that you feel, I felt uh, at home. Uh, whenever there was a class production, uh, this started in the fifth grade for me. And I knew that I, uh, my folks, I was very lucky. My folks took me to the theater when we lived in New York, we lived yep. in New, New Rochelle, New York, and they'd take us to Broadway shows and, and something in me knew that I spoke that language and that they were speaking a language that I could understand that was not ever articulated in the family because you're a kid and they're parents yep. It's it's you don't communicate on that on that subliminal level, and so it started with musicals. But then I, I realized that I, I moved so many times as a kid. We moved so so many times, and I was always the new kid. That the place where I knew I could feel at home, and also the place I knew I could reinvent myself if I felt like I wanted to, yeah, uh, yeah. was the theater.
0: Mm. What was your first musical that influenced you?
3: My folks took me to see. Uh, how to succeed in business without really trying with okay. uh, Robert Morse and Rudy Valley and, um, and Michelle Lee. And then years later, they did a revival with Robert Morse and Rudy Valley and I was in it and I got to wow. understand Michelle <laughs> Lee part. Yes. Yes. The, the the only person in the company who never got sick was the girl playing Rosemary. And, oh. uh, but I was <laughs> really, and, and, um, and Robert Morse actually came to rehearsal once when I was, when I was, you know, running through her part and that. But that was the show that I, we lived in New Rochelle and there was a song called New Rochelle, you know, in the musical. Uh, And uh, I just thought, well, that's a sign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: What was the first role you played musical theater role?
3: In high school, I was, uh, there's an American, the music man, which is a great. um, American musical by Meredith Wilson has, kind of cameo crossover while they're all singing about iowa and a picture frame moves across the stage and it frames for a moment an old iowan farmer and his daughter based on the grant his grant wood picture of the farmer and his daughter just the two ugliest people in iowa and so i got to be the ugliest person in iowa (laughs) (laughs) just for a second and then i was katasha in the mikado Again, the spurned spinster. And and then I was playing always these character, you know, the outsider, the outcast, the loveless and forlorn until I went to the drama teacher, John Engel. And I said to him, like, am I doomed? Is this it? Is this what it's? (laughs) And he said, listen to me, the fact that you can play character parts now
1: means you can play anything later.
3: And Mm. he was right. Mm. And he was
1: right. Now you made your Broadway debut in Cy Coleman and Michael Stewart's "I Love My Wife," which oh, I love. What was it like making your Broadway debut?
3: I got cast in California where I was living at the time, and friends of friends said to Joe Layton, who was the original director, "You should see Joanna, Joanna Gleason. She's been in. She's been in." shows at the mark taper forum and she's been she's you know been an actress around for a while and i auditioned and they said would you fly to new york on your own dime and would you audition for cy coleman and michael stewart and i said yes and i flew and i stayed with my brother and my audition was on a stage with nothing but the ghost light and all of them sitting out there and i auditioned and i and i did i did obviously did well enough and at midnight that night they called and said you're it. And I, everything changed. Everything changed.
4: Hmm.
3: So, um, I just, it was oh. a small, it was a small show. Maureen, I don't know if you remember, it was a small show. It had four musicians on stage and it four. was, and because of that, we became, you know, there was this tight little group, And I'm still to this day dear friends with Jimmy Naughton and Eileen Graff. And that, that was us back then. And Lenny Baker passed away. And we were all really, really tight. And somehow I was not nervous. Somehow I just, from the minute I got into that dressing room the, at the Barrymore Theater, I thought, well, I'm home now. I'm home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've had the same towel since then. <laughs>
0: Wow <laughs>
3: Is that your lucky towel? <laughs> oh my lucky towel I put all my makeup on it Every concert <laughs> I've ever sung Every show I've ever done every, every Oh that. I love it <laughs> It's like It's just the end of the You know Of the blanket frame <laughs> I was gonna say Wow
0: Thread
3: baron. Red but mine uh.
0: At the top of the interview We mentioned that you created The role of the baker's wife In the original production Of Stephen Sondheim's Into the Woods did you have any idea how iconic that role would become at the time?
3: No. Uh, James Lapine and Steve literally created the role, but when they saw something in me, things, as they did with every other actor that they cast, things started to take shape and evolve. And 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 they, they, they wrote to our strengths, but they also knew that we could bring what they wanted to life. Yep. Now, as we're doing it, and we were out of town in San Diego, I started to get the feeling that this was something extraordinary. First of all, it was Sondheim. Mm. And second of all, it was Sondheim and the Pine, a kind of magic collaboration. Mm -hmm. The ending, my ending in San Diego was that I finished my dalliance with the prince and I finished my song and I'm trying to put myself together and an apple rolled on the stage and I picked it up and I took a bite and I left the stage. And then you hear Jack comes running in later in another scene your wife, I found her wife dead, poison apple, or something. the witch says, never eat apples in the woods. And and I, we did an audience talk back, and somebody in the audience said, well, we've been following her and the baker through this whole night, and then she eats an apple and we never see her again. And I thought, yeah, I can't say that from myself. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How about them apples, you know? <laughs> so what happened in New York was Steve wrote... Uh, the giant killing her uh, uh, on stage the, the noise of the giant and her falling back uh, three feet to the ground with no padding never mind that's not <laughs> <laughs> I, just a little arthritis and then coming back at the end in this reprise of um, children will listen so dead but coming back as a ghost to uh, tell my husband, the baker to go on, that that he can go on. And that made all the difference. Then that was a full, you know, a a full beginning, middle, end uh, journey, as they say. And I felt quite satisfied. And that's when I knew that I would maybe never get a role this good again uh, Mm. in a musical.
0: And you've returned to it twice already. You 1997 and 2014 for two concerts. What's it like revisiting the character again?
3: A year later, after I had left the show, they were going to film it for PBS, which is the version that you all get to see. And with just minimal rehearsal, I don't even remember if it was more than a day, my body knew exactly every move that it had made for the years prior, Wow, yeah, everything, every gesture, everywhere to breathe, how this song goes, how to do that, and of That's course, incredible. It, it was richer and more fun. It was much more fun because we have great love for each other, and when we did the reunion concert with Steve and Jim on stage, you know and and many of us. Uh, do it, t- chatting. Mo Rocco was the moderator. We did it at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, and also in Los Angeles in a big, huge theater in Orange County. Um, we just would stand in the wings watching each other all these years later, maybe, what is it, 30 years later, Yeah. To our songs and tears in our eyes and just thinking nobody's lost a step here. Mm. That When that show... We embraced it so thoroughly that it has become and stayed part of us and our Mm -hmm. feelings for each other.
1: Mm. I I love that. And you won a Tony Award for your performance. I mean, oh my gosh. What is it like to be sitting in your seat... And you know, waiting for your name to be read.
3: Yeah, well, that's the thing. A friend of mine said, "Now be very careful because you've rehearsed this so much in your mind, you're going to think you hear your name."
0: <laughs> so- <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> pop
3: up. Don't just don't, don't just pop up like you do, like you know, driving. Her in the shower. So i I think I I think I had a good feeling, and my adrenaline started pumping because it was Joel Gray and Bernadette who came out on stage, and okay. Bernadette- that's my, that's Bernadette, my mm-hmm. witch sweetheart, and Joel Gray. Um, and we have, uh, there's a separate story about um, my telling him what it meant to me to be nominated, because his, his performance in Cabaret was what, uh, one of the things that inspired me. And they read my name, and I heard, and I checked, and yes, I heard my name, and my head flew back, and I was stunned. And then I thought, I don't like the dress I'm wearing. I'm going up on stage. (laughs) Oh my God, Is that Angela Lansbury's in the wings over there. And i be sure to thank everybody. And And above all, be sure to thank Chip Zion, the baker who was not nominated, who really should have been nominated because you want to talk about Mm -hmm. carrying the heart and the soul through Mm. to the end of the piece. That was, that was Chip. But anyway, it was phenomenal.
0: Mm. Did you sustain an injury? I understand. (laughs)
3: From throwing your head back. Yes. (laughs) Yes, there was a little bit of a whiplash incident there when I (laughs) couldn't lift my head
1: off the pillow for the next week. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my
1: gosh. Once the adrenaline was gone, this is what was (laughs) (laughs) – everything hurt, but it was worth
0: it. I love the fact that you thought, I don't like the dress I'm wearing. At that point –
3: I should have had a better bra. Why am I doing? Everybody's going to see this. And it had shoulder pads. And I thought, I love this design. All this is going through your head thinking, my legs are shaking. Will I be able to walk up on stage? Mm-hmm. What happens if my knees buckle? I mean, it's all gets very sort of oh my gosh. practical and almost uh, out of body. Mm-hmm. And then you try to remember what you want to say.
0: <laughs> so into the words goes down in musical theater history. Um, Nick and Nora,
3: goes nineteen ninety one, another way (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) tell us a little bit about nick and nora
3: well here's the thing if you're going to call something nick and nora you are immediately going to invoke the ghosts of william powell and myrna Loy Mm -hmm. and the stories that made the thin man movies so famous um arthur lawrence wrote a very convoluted complicated Story with many characters, and uh, Richard Maltby and Charles Strauss wrote the score. And there was a a, we had an amazing all star cast, I, I mean, they assembled just quite a bit of glitter there. However, the story was muddled, and Arthur wasn't talking to the composers, and the composers needed to cut that. And then Arthur was also directing another mistake, and then so it just began to devolve in rehearsals. Wigs were changed. It's never the wig. That's not the problem. You know what I mean? Dresses were changed color from one producer. Oh no, that's not the problem. Somebody <laughs> came in to ghostwrite one song. Uh, okay. That's nice, but that's not the problem. The problem was it was, it was incoherent. And the problem was, it really wasn't about Nick and Nora. It was about all the suspects and all the possible permutations of the murder mystery. Mm.
0: So
3: it, it, our first preview was for oh my god! It was for an AIDS benefit, so there's everybody in New York, every little you know, the, the, every showbiz, every theater person sitting. The curtain goes up, and I motioned to Barry. I said I was I was miming. We have a bullseye on our ass. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you think, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> my, dress, my arm around the dresser, looking in the mirror before going on, and just saying. I'm doomed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness.
3: Previews, la- you know, the first preview was that audience and, and it went three hours. It, went, it was just interminable. And of course, then the word of mouth goes around town in 10 minutes. I mean, no social media then. Yeah. Didn- Didn't matter. Yeah.
0: And yeah. it had the, the longest preview run of any musical up until Spider-Man turns off the dark.
3: Correct. like Like eight or nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah, well, which was um, we should have been out of town and made our, all of our mistakes, and we should have had uh, and all then brought it in friends, other directors, other producers come down and say this has to be cut, that has to be cut, you know. But there was really no no talking to some, and I I was not in a position then. I, I was not fully uh, uh, into my uh, superpowers then, uh, you know, the ability to say hey. <laughs> this doesn't work and I can't make it work. And believe me, it's not me. You know, I I couldn't. (laughs) And the wig is wrong. And the wig is
0: wrong. (laughs) But something good did come out of Nick and Nora. Something a a little more long running.
3: Yes, there was a man who was going to play Victor Moisa. um, uh, Phil Kasanoff, a wonderful actor, was going to play Victor Moisa, a a kind of a union, uh, elegant kind of shady guy around the movie business, a little peripheral, who, who became... Uh, completely smitten with Nora and wanted to move in on her and, you know, a little little love scene and all that. But he got a TV show. And Arthur said, you know who I'm talking to is uh, Chris Sarandon. Have you ever worked with him? And I said, oh, no. Do you think he'll... Do you think? He said, yes, he's very interested. And Chris came into the, to the play in, in rehearsals and in uh, our first another workshop. And I thought, I don't know what's happening to me, but... <laughs> I've lost the ability to speak. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 yes, exactly. And uh, here's, here's something wonderful. I've heard, I don't think I've ever told this story. My, my, my husband, Paul, my, son's, my ex-husband, Paul, who's my son's father, Paul Gleason, came to see that workshop in New York. And he said, after it was over, he said, you and Chris, you belong together. And I thought, wow. I mean, it was almost like a benediction, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's thirty years ago. So here we are. Amazing. That's amazing.
0: Uh, Out of that show,
3: yeah, something really
0: wonderful happens.
3: Right, exactly. (laughs) And another thing happened. My ability to realize that you know you can speak up. Yeah. You, ha- mm. you have a dramaturgical sense after all these years. You don't have to be intimidated by people who are hoping you'll be intimidated and therefore silent. So you just say, no, it's time for me to just weigh in here mm. because I was yeah. I was the Nora of Nick and Nora. You
0: know, a yeah.
3: Yeah. lot of our shoulders, but a great experience.
0: Joanna, unbelievably, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad. We're nearly out of time. No, uh, no but
3: this cannot I, be. I, I'm I'm no, I all this way to be with you. <laughs>
0: we say this to a few people at some point we need to sit down and have a proper long long chat because there's just you just skim the surface of all of these things but there's one question we like to ask our our guests on the show um if there was one musical theater song that you have not sung or recorded but you would like to what one would it be
3: and you're running out of time
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're almost out of time go on almost out you know of
3: course uh, I love I love sending the clowns, um, and I love I, I love anything in Sunday in the Park with George. But a musical theater song. Well, they say that falling in love is wonderful from Annie Get Your Gun. Mm.
1: Oh, okay, that's a great song. Mm. It's a great
0: song. Yeah. Well, I think I was speaking on behalf of Maureen and myself when I say <laughs> I hope at some point we get to see you in a musical again soon. Thank you. Because that would just be absolutely wonderful. Joanna Gleason, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us this afternoon.
3: My great pleasure. Take care.
0: Well, that's it for this episode. Next time we will be chatting with author Jennifer Ashley Tepper, who has written a brand new book about Broadway and as many of the cast of the musical Fiverr as we can all put into one interview and still understand what everyone's saying.
1: If you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen.
0: And you've been listening to the Sunday Showtunes podcast.
1: Thanks for joining us.